Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Hey Ivy, great to see you across all of our different sites today, wherever you're meeting. We're starting a new, quick, four-week, get-yourself-ready-for-the-summer series. Um, we're calling it God's Spiritual Health Plan. It's a checkup for all of you. The idea, it comes out of a passage in the Old Testament, which was actually repeated again by Jesus in the New Testament, which talks about how we should love God. And it says that you should love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. So this is a four-week service. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 says that that's how we should love God. And actually from that, the, the Hebrew people, twice a day, they will pray that prayer. Um, they will pray that, that they would love God in those ways. And, and they call it the Shema, which is the word here, because that's how it starts. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. It's my job today and our job to look at our hearts and to think about our hearts and to have a checkup about our hearts. The reason I've got this horrible bruise on my arm and a few other needles sticking in me is I had a bit of a health scare in Barcelona the other week and ended up getting blue lighted through um, because it turns out I've got gallstones which isn't very nice. Um, could have been a lot worse. One of the things that they hooked me up to was the, the, the monitors and all the zigzaggy lines to make sure that my heart was good. And thankfully, praise God, it is. And, uh, and so it, it was good to have that checkup and to say, everything's all right with, our, with my heart. But today, we're going to look at our hearts. And um, I, as I say, I had that done recently on an ECG and uh, they said it was fine. But the Bible says God looks at our hearts. And some things that have been happening here in this city in recent days have been like a heart attack to the whole of the city. They've been such a shock. They've been, they've been coming against us in, in such a way that everything, everything can be shaken. And so it's a good time for us to, to be able to reflect and to look at our hearts and to ask, how is my heart right now? How is my heart these days? And we can be honest to God about that. We can just talk to him about the things that we're thinking and feeling together as a community to help one another through this. So, Put a hand on your heart for a, a moment and just feel that heartbeat, that incredible organ that God made that's just pumping the blood all around your system right now. And thank God that you're here. Thank God that you're safe. Thank God that uh, he has his hand upon your life and that he loves you. And, um, and this is why the Bible says, above all else, guard your heart for from it flow the issues of life. And as you hold on to your heart, the Bible also says, on a number of occasions, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Make sure you've got a soft and a tender heart. No matter what's happening on in, in the outside world, you have a choice. You have decisions to make about what's going to affect your heart. And your heart really matters to God. Your, you really matter to God. And he wants you to know today, and he wants us to look at today, what matters most because there are all kinds of things you can take your hand off your heart now all kinds of things that seem to matter 
and it's when we uh, have a tragedy like uh, just took place here in Manchester that we start to assess what really matters and we realise that all kinds of things that we thought mattered didn't matter that much and we, we do hug people more and we do count our blessings a little bit more and we do uh, hold our children and grandchildren a little bit tighter and we do want to put out the love rather than the hatred because so often we can lose track of what matters most and we can make things that don't really matter at all matter a lot or matter far too much to us and so we have to decide you have to decide what is actually going to matter what's going to matter most out of all the things and some things don't matter at all and some things do matter and something matters most and that's what we're going to look at today how do we decide because like I say we're living in a world where sometimes things that really shouldn't matter that much seem to matter a great deal to us to be honest with you if I did if I came off Twitter next week nobody's going to mourn that if I pulled my Facebook page it doesn't really matter um, and yet we can end up ruled by these things a little while ago I was going with Zoe um, down to London for a few days and uh, and I got to the platform at the station and I suddenly went oh no because it was like the worst thing that could possibly have happened had just happened and I was grief stricken and she said what is it what's happened and I said I've left my phone at home and she went oh yes and she was so happy because we finally got to spend a couple of days away without me looking at that thing all of the time that just distracts us and pulls us away from the people who do matter most see if you're married you have a responsibility to your spouse they matter if you have children you've got a responsibility to love your children they really matter if you have a job you have job responsibilities of course they matter if you're here in church especially if you're serving in some way and you have a ministry here that really matters and we need more people to step up and to be able to do ministry that matters here at ivy to help us especially in these changes that we've got coming up in these weeks and months ahead in this year of acceleration when in all kinds of ways we could never expect it, things are happening a lot faster than we could have ever expected them to. So how will you decide between what seems to matter and what matters and what matters most? And to some extent I've come to see, as a writer called Andy Stanley talks about, that this is not ever going to be a problem to be resolved. Instead it's going to be a tension to be managed. It's something that we're going to have to always have. It will never ever go away. No matter how long we're on this planet, we're always going to have to make, have to make these decisions between what doesn't really matter and what matters and what matters most. For example, over the years as a church leader, I've come to the realisation the picture I sometimes have as church work because it never ever ends. It's, it's a bit like me walking down to the, the ocean, going down to the, 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 uh, the, the sea with a, a little bucket and I go down and I fill up my bucket and then I take it a little way along on the shore and then I empty my bucket and then I go back to the ocean again and I pick out some more in my bucket and then I walk a little bit and then I empty it again and it's a little bit of a dip and a little bit of a drop and, and at the end of it you can sometimes start to think has anything I've actually done today been worthwhile? Maybe at some point I'd hate to think that I'd ever come to the end of my ministry and think has anything I've ever actually done been really worthwhile? What have I done? What am I doing that is going to be significant and actually make a difference? What matters most? And I'm praying this, and I'm sure I'm failing at it an awful lot these days, because we have so many strains upon us, so many um, opportunities around us. Um, the, 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 the stuff that's happening here in our city, the ongoing uh, work of, of how we can um, rebuild our, our broken and fractured communities and be those people of peace ourselves and demonstrate that, and at the same time to be, to be praying for justice and to pray for our police service, 
At the same time, we're, we're wrestling with big changes in the church in terms of the places that we're meeting in and the ways that we're meeting. And we're living in times of heightened security and we're going to need to be more aware of one another and more protective, not fearful, but protective of one another through this time. And to be looking out for one another, asking one another, are you okay? And going and having more cups of tea and listening to more people and wiping more tears. This is a time when everybody in Ivy has to step up. Some months ago, Hannah had a dream where she saw that, that people were coming and rather than it being staff team who were being the welcome team, everybody in the church was having to welcome all of these people that were coming in. And maybe you're a visitor here today and we welcome you. Maybe these things, these events in these final recent weeks have made you start to question and wonder about God. You're so welcome. And it's our job, those of us who are regulars at uh, Ivy, we're here to love you, to welcome you, to listen to you, to pray for you if you want. But we just want to help you as you help us too together as a community through these troubled times. At the same time, we have opportunities. We have church plant conversations going on. We have uh, ideas about new buildings that are coming up. We've got a summer where we're going to be meeting in different ways in different places. And beyond that from September, who knows? But we're starting to see some potential possibilities for new buildings, maybe new plants, maybe church plants in different ways, in different places. We've had opportunities from other parts of the country. I'll, I'll not give you the details yet, but there's things that are in pencil. And, if, and we need to pray whether or not they should be in pen. And I'm looking at the diary and I'm managing books and I'm managing blogs and I'm managing elders and I'm, I've got, I'm managing an amazing staff team who are working so hard. And, um, and the other week I was on um, the, the Christian television station TBN and they've said they'd like me to come and do more teaching with them. And uh, I'm involved potentially more with Spring Harvest. And, and then we've got various things in the family with regard. There's so many things. You've got things. You have so many things to juggle too. You have things that don't matter. You have things that matter and you have something that matters most. What is it that matters most? Now in church circles and some of the things that we talk about a lot, the question about what matters and what matters most gets asked all the time. And actually if you ask around different people, even in a church, are going to be uh, giving different answers to that question. Some people are going to say with regard to a church, preaching really matters. You need to make sure you get your Bible teaching and that it, it, it's good, it's just right. It's ways that people can understand the wisdom of God in ways that they can receive it into their lives. Other people are going to say it's leadership. Leadership matters. And of course, at times like this, especially, we need to see that we are led well as a church. So pray for us. Some people are going to say, no, no, prayer matters. It, this is no human endeavor. We need to make sure that we've got God's power and God's wisdom available to us. And then somebody else will come in and jump in and say, no, no, it's the poor that matter. We need to make sure that we're remembering the poor. And then other people are going to talk about prison ministry. Remember the people in prison. And then, of course, we need to make sure that we're responding well to tragedies like the kind of things that have happened in these recent weeks and so many things that you know somebody else would just say generally pastoral care looking after the people we've already got how do we care for them and then somebody else is going to say yeah and especially in a church like Ivy evangelism matters this is good news for everybody we need to make sure that people know that there's love in heaven with their name on it and that we're here to help people find their way back to God and then somebody else will say well that's all well and good but how do we look after them because discipleship matters and we want to make sure that people are, 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 don't just put up a hand and say, yes, I want to follow Jesus. But they find a way to find their place and fulfill his purpose for their lives through that. And the annoying thing is, you know what the annoying thing is? They're all right. They're all absolutely right. All of those things matter. They all matter a lot. But the question is, what matters most? 
and how do we decide? And I think we can begin to get an answer to that by looking at that very famous passage in 1 Corinthians and around there. Another one that often gets read at weddings. Sometimes, unfortunately, it's relegated to weddings. But it was written to a church that was very spiritually gifted and had all kinds of different things going on and many different kinds of people. And the Apostle Paul wanted to talk to them about what mattered most. And if you look at chapter 12, the one before it, the Apostle has been talking about all the importance of spiritual gifts and all the ways in which um, th those gifts of the Holy Spirit get, get administered in that church body. And it's so important that those, uh, those gifts happen so that the church can thrive and be the body of Christ it's meant to be in the world. But then at the end of chapter 12, it says, but now... But now I'm going to show you the most excellent way. And some of us, we know what that way is because you've heard this so many times. You could probably pretty much repeat it verbatim. He's going to talk about the way of love. Love really matters. So the first thing we need to know is this. Gifts are good, but if they're done without love, they're worthless. They don't matter at all zero. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, if I speak in the tongues of humans and of angels but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Now Paul imagines somebody here and I believe when he's talking about tongues he's not just talking about the kind of hubba bubba shoulda come on a Honda Kawasaki kind of stuff that I sometimes do when I'm praying and, and that's good and it's a wonderful gift and the Bible says it builds up our own spirits personally. I don't think he's just talking about that. He's talking about somebody who's gifted so much perhaps in the way that the day of Pentecost we hear about when those people the Holy Spirit came upon them and they were able to give the praises of God in ways people could understand from all these different nations. Can you imagine if somebody had this gift that you, what an incredible missionary they could be. You know, missionaries uh, have to, one of the main problems you have with missionaries is they go into a different culture, a different nation, they have to spend ages just learning the basics of the language before they can begin to communicate anything of the love of Jesus Christ. But can you imagine somebody, if you could put them on a plane, drop them on any uh, continent, any country, and they would just immediately be able to step off the plane and begin to talk about God and talk about Jesus perfectly, eloquently, wonderfully in the language that people could understand. How knockout would that be? And then they get back on the plane and they get whisked across to some other continent, to another country, another city. They get off the plane and they tell people about Jesus there. Imagine somebody with those kind of spiritual gifts that, that would be able to do that. Beautifully, eloquently talking about God. But Paul says, listen, if you, even if you had that kind of a gift, and even if you had it more than anybody else had ever had it, if you have that but you don't have love, it doesn't matter at all. He says, all you are, you're a resounding gong. If you remember the, the old rank uh, picture before the, 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 uh, the, the cinema be began, they would have that big guy with a dong thing and he bong huge symbol. This is what would happen in pagan temples. They would have this huge symbol and a gong and they would smash them and they would just get people worked up into a frenzy in these pagan rituals and everybody was off their heads and, and it was like just gross stuff that was going on and sacrifices that were taking place and somebody's going ding 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 ding. He said that's all you are to people if you have gifts like that but you don't have love it doesn't matter. I met somebody once who was in a church that was led by a guy and he was a tremendous preacher but he just had no time for people. And I remember this lady said, with no bitterness but just with a frustration, she said, when he's up in the pulpit we wish he'd never stop but when he gets out of the pulpit we wish he'd leave. That's not good. That isn't the way we're, we're saying that this should happen. Our gifts accomplish nothing if they're done without love. 
He goes on to talk about prophecy. He says in verse 2, If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. So this is a person who knows everything. You could, you know, they could have words of knowledge. This is like the kind of prophetic gift that just knows things from God. I worked with a guy like this once many years ago, the first vicar I ever worked with, had this incredible insight from God. He came into our house and he looked at photographs of people and he'd never met and was able to say things about them. I was in a prison once and uh, he, he, we were doing something about an alpha course and there was a prisoner who asked him a question and David just gave incredible insight and actually said the kind of things that this man had said on his own he said you say you don't pray but you did pray the other night you were in your your cell and you asked God this and God says that and this man was dumbstruck because he realized that, that God still speaks um, through words of prophecy so this is a person who's gifted like that he could come around our church and line you all up now and he could say intimate details about everybody and what God knows about you good and bad this is a person who knows, understands all mysteries, it says. God's sovereignty and human responsibility, nothing to him. He can work, he could just explain all that to you. Eschatology, the end times. He could write out the map and tell you all about that. No problem whatsoever. In fact, he could even spell eschatology and he doesn't need a spell check. That's how clever this person is. And he's got massive faith. This is the kind of person who starts Bible colleges, who plants all kinds of churches, who starts all kinds of movements and, and has uh, you know, thousands of things that are happening, sends people out all over the world. And if there's a mountain in the way, that doesn't matter because he's got faith. He'll just blast right through that. Nothing's going to stop a person like this because they're such a great leader. This is the kind of person that you and me maybe read or write the biographies about, these generals of the faith, etc., but Paul says, if you don't have love when you do all of that, you have nothing. What God is telling us is that it's love that matters most. Imagine you have a 20 pound note. I'm not gonna give you this one so you can only imagine what that feels like. But imagine uh, you were given this and then you, you leave church today and you go to the grocery shop over the road and you get some bits in for your lunch. And then later on, the person who is in charge of the shop decides actually, I need 20 pounds um, for my petrol. So the, 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 the assistant having taken your note and put it in the till, the manager comes, takes it out, writes an IOU, and then uh, goes and pays for petrol with it. And then later on, the, um, the person in the petrol station, they owe the electrician who's come and fix some things in the shop. So they reach into the till and they give the money to the electrician. And then the electrician, um, he, he, he drives away and uh, he's going home. And actually he, he decides he, he wants to buy a book. Um, and uh, it's a book that he's been after for ages. So he goes into a bookshop and he buys a book. And then um, somebody from the bookshop uh, cashes everything up at the end of the day and they take the money into the bank. And the bank look at it and they hold it up to the light and they feel it and it doesn't feel quite right. And they say, oh, hang on, this is counterfeit. Now that note has gone all over the place doing all kinds of good things. It's bought groceries, it's paid petrol, it's paid for the electrician, it's bought a book. But when it comes to the bank, when it comes to be checked where values count, where it's really checked out, it's discovered to be worthless. It's, because it's absolutely worth nothing. In a similar way, God says it's possible to minister the gifts that we are given and to get all kinds of things that are good done. But when we stand before him, the one with whom only real values count, if we've ministered from anything else but a heart full of love, 
it, it really doesn't matter. It matters zero. Then Paul takes this a step further. Not only do your gifts without love accomplish nothing, not only do your gifts minister without love make you nothing, but Paul says, if I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. So here's somebody who's concerned about the poor. Their heart goes out to them and uh, they, they want to surrender. This is sacrificial. Uh, he even says, if I surrender my body to the flames, we don't really know what that means. Maybe he's thinking about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the book of Daniel and how they came and, and they wouldn't deny God. And so they went through that kind of sacrifice. One commentator has suggested uh, that, that in the ancient world, Christians who were in slavery might voluntarily go into slavery for somebody else and, and as a, a sign of that they would have a, a mark burned into their hand so that this other brother or sister would be able to go free and be able to serve the church we don't really know what it means but it's about giving stuff up it's about it's about sacrificing myself for you and he says you can do that but if you do it and it's not full of love it doesn't matter at all we're not doing anything that really matters he says i gain nothing Here's what I think God wants us to know. Some things don't matter. And we need to realise that and remember that. And some things do matter. And we need to remember that too. And among all the things that don't matter, love. Love really matters. He wants us to love him, hear this, with all our hearts. And when we do that, then his heart fills up our heart with his love. And whatever we do, if we don't do it with that kind of love, however many of these things we do, it doesn't really matter. It, doesn't, it adds up to nothing. We need to remember that in our plans to grow and reach out in different ways at Ivy, in so much ministry that we might do, in various things that we might measure. We, we, we do place an emphasis on, on servanthood and sacrifice and serving to, and using our gifts. But in the end, even if we did them in some kind of sacrificial way, it, sometimes you, it's possible. Have you ever known somebody and what they're doing? They're working and they're serving, and they're, but it's a kind of like stressed out, neurotic, I have to, rather than a I'm so full of love that I want to kind of ways because I love God so much and I, lo and I love and nobody even has to pay me to do this. We can instead have a kind of service that is actually quite self-centered. And God says, if, if that's the case, if that's the way that we do it, um, you know, if, that, if you only give, if they're gonna name you, put a plaque in your name afterwards, if you're only going to, to serve, if everybody notices and celebrates it, then, then Paul says in the end, that doesn't really matter. But what matters is love, love really matters if you had a page you could write like I've done a rows and rows of these zeros and you could keep on doing that throughout the whole of your life it adds up to nothing how many is that nothing times it by that how many is that nothing add all of them how many is that nothing how many is that nothing let's add another couple down here how many is that nothing and another nothing and you get row after row after row and then another row and another row and you can fill the whole page in the end it all adds up to nothing but if you take one zero and you just add one onto it something makes a difference see if we go and use all of our gifts without love it adds up to nothing but if we add like this that's a thousand and there's another thousand and i don't even know how many that is and there's some more. So 
one act that's done differently, one act that's done with love, in love, in the love of God, transforms it all and changes it all. If we go and use our gifts without love, it doesn't really matter. But if we love with the love of God, and if we let that spread out to us, it counts. It counts with God and it counts with other people because love matters most. And today, if you're not a Christian, you could ask for that love to come and fill your heart and it's there for you. And if you'd say that you are, then we need to go out in these weeks and months ahead and do one little thing that we think won't make a big difference to somebody, but it can make all the difference. Well, that one little thing will be multiplied in the grace of God. Jesus said, even if you were to want, just give a cup of water to somebody who needs it in his name, you'll never fail to lose that reward. Our God's a rewarder. He's out to look to reward us for these little things that make the difference because love matters most.